Hey everyone, Dave Hagen here. How do you increase income or minimize expense to pay debt? We're going to talk about that today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagen. Hey, thanks, Nick. A few podcasts ago, I laid out my five steps to financial freedom. For those of you that didn't hear, these steps are one, get rid of the cards, two, know your flow, three, eliminate debt immediately, four, create an emergency fund, and five, put 15% into retirement. Today, we're still talking about step number three, eliminate debt, but this is the second of three podcasts on the topic. Last time, we talked about three different methods to pay off debt. We also talked a little bit about the psychological aspects of paying off debt. Today, I want to talk about ways to increase income and reduce expenses. Creating a gap of income over expenses is going to be the first step or foundation to fund your debt elimination plan. All right, let's talk about income. Perhaps the obvious answer is to find a job that pays better. However, this is more difficult than it sounds. Take a look around your industry and see whether you're being undercompensated. If not, stay where you're at. Changing job increases the risk that you have in your life because a new job may not necessarily work out and this may not where you want it all to be to end up. But it's something to consider. If you're undercompensated, look around. You never know. Sometimes the grass is pretty nice on the other side of the fence. The next thing you should consider is getting a side hustle. The first thing that comes to mind is getting a job at a local business, but working for someone else can make your schedule a bit complicated. How about getting a job at Starbucks? Remember, they have great benefits, or even someplace around in your community. But remember, this is short term. I love it when people who owe money call creditors, and the creditors tell them to just go out and get one or two more jobs. They fail to acknowledge that there's only 24 hours in a day and that extremely long hours on a consistent basis is an invitation for health or, or family problems. Think about working an extra day at your job if that's possible. I remember when I was just getting going in my career and listening to the story about Jerry Buss and his business partner. Jerry Buss passed away owning the Los Angeles Lakers. Not only was he an extremely wealthy guy, but he was also in the Basketball Hall of Fame due to his unusually good management of the team. When Jerry and his partner were first getting started, they were in the business of acquiring apartments for rent or for rehabilitation and resale. For many years, they worked six days a week rehabilitating apartments. Many, many years later, I had the opportunity to sit down with Jerry Bruss in his conference room for lunch. He had on jeans and a silk shirt, and he ate steak and fresh-squeezed orange juice for lunch. Around all of us were the trophies that his Lakers had won over the years. And as we were talking, I was impressed by the fact that he had done so well and come this far in part because for many years he worked six days a week. Think about it. If you want a side business, consider something like Amway, if that's your thing. Uh, Right now, I like to advise people to consider Uber or Lyft. These are great little side hustles to have. The hours are flexible, the money's not bad, and it's a great way to have a nice little side hustle. 
Speaking of businesses, think about creating your own business. You can walk dogs for neighbors or edit text on the internet. For years, there were a number of people who did transcription work over the internet. I'm not sure this business even exists anymore because technology has gone forward to the point that many people dictate using the voice dictation technology that comes with many of the programs online. You can referee at a little league. You can really get creative doing any of these kinds of things. The important thing is that you come up with some type of side gig that will generate additional money for you. Then you put all of this money towards reducing the debt, every last cent. Later on, after your debt is paid, you may decide that you enjoy your side gig enough that you'll continue to do it and use the money to increase your lifestyle or save. The temptation is to take some of this money and use it to increase your lifestyle now. Don't be lulled into this mistake. Everything goes into reducing debt until you hit that magic sweet spot of having no debt. The other side of the coin is to reduce expenses. Again, this sounds a lot easier than it actually is at first blush. But take a look at all of your expenses in a typical month. You have this data at hand now because you've already completed step number two. Look for places to cut your expenses. And remember, it's only temporary. Something you might do would be to eat in. If you develop a hobby of cooking well, you'll cook healthier, cheaper, and you can invite friends over and you'll be even more popular. Eating out is a huge expense for most people. Just look at all the restaurants up and down any street that you drive. There's restaurants all over the place. Another big area of expense are gifts. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's good to be generous. However, it's amazing what we spend on gifts. This is even more extreme if you factor in what we spend during the holiday season. Find a way to make stuff or give people an experience as opposed to something to clutter up their house. Invite them over for dinner. Buy them a copy of your favorite movie. There's all sorts of things that you can do that have a lot of meaning to it and just will not add to the clutter. Going to the movies is kind of expensive when you think about what you actually get. Just to get in the movie house this day seems like it's 30 bucks for two people. Add to that some overpriced popcorn and soda and you're going to spend $50 or more for the night. Now, some movies you want to see in the theater, the latest Star Wars or shoot 'em up movie, are always better on the big screen with great sound. However, rom-coms, romantic comedies, it doesn't make so much of a difference whether you're at a big theater or whether it's 60 or 90 days later and you've rented it in your house. If you wait long enough, you can actually see the movie for free as part of your Netflix subscription. Remember, spending less will get you to be able to enjoy the lifestyle that you want in the future It'll make you the master of your own money just that much sooner. I remember a fellow who was always wanted to be a skier, so he moved up to the Lake Tahoe area. Now, it's kind of expensive to live in Lake Tahoe, and the only job he could find was working as a snow groomer. He didn't make that much money. Almost all his money went to rent. In order to afford this lifestyle, he ate macaroni and cheese three nights a week. Three nights a week. This is because a box of macaroni and cheese back in that day cost about a quarter. Now, some would say that it's not particularly healthy, but he was a young guy and he knew that this would be a temporary but fun time in his life. And he was willing to make that sacrifice to become a skier. Your goal isn't necessarily to become a skier, but it is to become debt free and the master of your money sooner rather than later. Think about sharing a ride to work. For that matter, even though you have a car, maybe it's cheaper to try public transportation. In Los Angeles, where I live, 
When we go to a Dodger or a Laker game, we can get downtown and back for a dollar on the Metro line. If I had to drive, put up with traffic, and pay for parking, I'd easily spend 30, 40 bucks. Sometimes you can just find joy in doing something on the cheap. Now, someone might think about just increasing income or decreasing expenses. Here's something radical. How about both? Creating a wider gap each month to pay down debt is the kind of exciting thing that you want to do. Remember, it's only temporary. This period of your life may only last for a year or two. If you really get committed and crazy about it, you can have all your debt paid off in maybe 18 months. Have fun. Be creative. And remember, it's only temporary. This is Dave Hagan, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on the road to financial success. If you'd like Dave to answer any of your questions, email them to dave at davidrhagan.com. If you like the podcast, you can subscribe to the podcast by hitting the subscribe button in your app. You will automatically get a reminder each time Dave uploads a new episode. Or you can use the app to share this episode with your friends and family. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right, we're back. Nick, you got some emails for me? Let's uh, solve some problems. Okay, so I have an email from Steve. It says, Dave, should I buy or lease a car? Which is better? Hmm. Neither. It's better to own a car <laughs> rather than buy it or lease it. Let's, let's break that down, unpack it a little bit. If you lease a car, you don't have to make a down payment, typically. You're basically renting the car from some third party, from some corporation. So your, your monthly payment's going to be less, and you don't have a down payment, typically. But at the end of the lease term, you owe nothing. You turn the car back in. So you can drive around a nicer car for less, but at the end of the term, you're done. And in fact, sometimes they'll even want you to pay for dings and scratches and stuff like that to the car. If you're over mileage, they'll charge you. So you actually have to pay some money to get rid of the car. With a purchase, you've got to pay some money up front, 10%, 15%, whatever it is, and you make a monthly payment. And the monthly payment's a little more, so you can afford a little bit less of a car. But at the end of the term, you own the car. Now, what I like is when the car is done being paid for, now you don't have an acquisition cost for a car. I consider those the money years. That's when you drive around, you don't have that payment, and you can bank that money and drive that car until it falls apart. Those are the money years after you've paid for it. And when it no longer starts, well, then you go out and get another car. Or better, rather than buying a new car with payments, you use the money that you've saved up in the money years to purchase the new car for cash. That's the power way to do it. Paying cash for a car. So lease, rent, I don't know. I don't like either particularly. I like to own. Walk out, get a car for cash and own it and then start saving for the next one. That way the interest is going to work for you, not against you. Just my thought. Next question. All right, Dave. So we have a question from Lance. It says, Mr. Hagen, I hope you answer this one on air. I recently went to Las Vegas and lost about $25,000 betting. I don't have the money to cover. 
Do the casinos still collect the final marker, if you know what I mean? Also, I went to a gentleman's club and ran about a $10,000 tab, which I put on my credit card. Do you have any suggestions? Lance. Hmm. Yeah, Lance, don't go to Vegas no more. Oh, my God. They, they like you too much. You're, you're too good of a customer. Um, no, you really need to think about that. Well, let's talk about the gambling side of your question first. Um, no, the casinos don't collect the final marker. No one shows up and, and breaks your, break your legs. It's a different day. It's a different era in Vegas. It's very different than maybe it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. But if you sign a marker for chips... A marker is seen as a check. And under Nevada law, not paying a check or not paying a marker is a felony. So the district attorney is going to come after you for a felony. So they're not going to break your legs, but they're using the government to collect the money so you don't do a felony beef. You got to pay them. You got to pay them. You got to hand it to the casinos. They're using the, the district attorney to do what the... Um, the good fellas used to do for them. You got to pay that. So get that thing paid off and, and don't go back. Now, the, the gentleman's club is a whole different deal. Um, you, you ran up a tab and, and I'm assuming you, yeah, you put it on your credit card, right, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It says, so it, it says he put it on his credit card. All right, all right. So now you're going to get this $10,000 tab. First of all, you know, you shouldn't be using your credit card if you're at a gentleman's club and especially if you've been drinking. But golly, what can you do? You're going to have to pay the credit card. If, if you dispute it, now you're going to have a beef with the gentleman's club. And that, that can turn into kind of a higher profile kind of thing with your family and that. So maybe you don't want to do that. One thing you can do is call the club and just say, look, it, I want to settle it out. If you come up with cash, they might give you a little bit of a discount. They don't want you to dispute it. They don't want the beef. They want it to stay low key. So you might be able to work something like that. But wow, after that, you got to, you, you know, you, you got to stay away from that. And another thing, in these gentlemen clubs, or even in these dance clubs in Vegas and even, even in L.A. and other parts of the country, I see people ordering like $300 bottles of vodka. For, and, and some person comes over, a gal typically will come over and, and bottle service, and they put a little light on it, and they pour a little vodka drinks or whatever it is. And, the, and people are paying like $300 for a bottle of vodka, for goodness sakes. Dave, I hate to say it, but uh, that's on the cheap side. They're going from like a 500 to to 1000 typically in L.A. nowadays. Wow, that, that shows you how square I am. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, we got to get you out of those clubs. You're spending too much money, my friend. Oh, my goodness. But who does that? You know, go to Costco and buy a big bottle of, of Grey Goose. And when you, go to a, when you go to one of these clubs, drink a glass of water, drink a glass of mixer or whatever it is. I just, I cannot believe that people continue to spend that kind of money at the clubs and, 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 and walk away with nothing. I mean, I guess you have a good memory or to the extent you can remember. It's a lot of fun, but I, it continually surprises me. Hmm. Let's do one more. We got time for one more? Yeah. So uh, someone who shares a similar name, it says, from Dave. Dear Dave, why are you such a credit card hater? I'm not a, I'm not a credit card hater. I, hmm, I think they have their place. Um, it's just that uh, they're, they're too prominent. They're, they're used too often. Um, I think they're misused too often. So I'm not, I'm not a hater. I, I think that uh, 
you know, credit cards have a place. It's easy to buy something online. It's easy to get a tow. It's uh, if you travel, it's easy to, to rent a car. They they certainly have their place, and certainly, and I'm a believer in free speech, and people ought to be able to advertise and do whatever they want to do. But this this consistent crush of commercials, like during football games, for example, um, card after card after card. Um, and people that are that are well known. I mean, really talented actors and comedians, and and they're pitching the cards. And I'm looking at that, going, "Wow, I hope they're getting a whole lot of money for, for doing this." But they encourage people to, and you know, run up debt. I mean, I remember a credit card commercial where a couple's luggage got lost, and they said, "Hey, but they didn't lose our credit card, and they ran off to Greece for two weeks." Who does that? Nobody does that. They're, they're selling an image. They're selling a lifestyle. They encourage people to uh, run up that debt. And it's it's very, very dangerous. Remember, there's about a trillion dollars in credit card debt running off interest at an average of 17.5%. That's a really dangerous pot of money to be sitting in or to have a piece of that. And I just encourage people to not be part of that, to be part of having cash in your pocket, not your credit card in your pocket. So no, I don't think I'm a hater. I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a warner. I'm saying, Hey, think (laughs) about this, you know, think about this. So anyway, that's all the time that we have here today. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the financial wellness podcast. You've been listening to the financial wellness podcast. Dave's weekly message to keep you on the road to financial success. If you'd like Dave to answer any of your questions, email them to dave at davidrhagen.com. Until next week, this is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.